Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Lord, I come before you. I thank you, Lord, that I'm even able to speak. I'm able that Fusion, I thank you so much that Fusion is here, Lord. That we're able to come here and we worship you and we be real before you. I ask that you will me to do the same thing, Lord. To worship you and then just be real before these guys and gals. I ask that it falls on fertile soil. I, I pray that their hearts are opened. And I, I just pray, Lord, that they'd receive something from this. Anything. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, I really like the keyboard, especially when I'm praying. It's really good. Uh, I'll go into it first. So the title of the message is Full Potential. And I was looking at, I'm like, man, what am I going to do for an intro? I was about to see something else. What am I going to do for an intro? But then I looked at him like, okay, what, what's the most problematic thing that I've seen from people that I've grown up with? Is like, as soon as almost, actually even in their high school years, they drop out, like they drop out of church. They stop coming, they, they quit attending. I keep moving the mic. And I looked at the statistics for it in like 2013 study. I didn't look really hard. I'm like, oh, the first one. Okay, cool. It's uh, probably bad statistics. But it said 70% of high school students quit attending church before their graduation. So I had Pastor Brady count everybody while we were worshiping. And there's about 55 people in here. So can I have these people stand up? This group, everybody. So there's about 15 right here. Fifteen, and one more, Michaela. You can stand up. Look. So, seventy percent. So all of these people over here are the people that stopped coming to church whenever, even actually before they graduated. No, no, no offense. Maybe you. I mean, you probably won't. Probably leave good lives, and you can sit down. You probably leave good lives and have children and and teach them the Lord. I don't know. Uh, but I don't want that to happen. I don't want only to a quarter, or actually 70% of people to stop coming to church because they didn't get anything out of it. And I believe that fusion provides something, or actually we don't provide, we just help you get equipped. And I think I'm going to go into that and why, we, why that probably won't happen here. But I do have one question for you. Are you still okay? You're going to be good. Need some water? Oh, you guys. <laughs> so, uh, title of the message is Full Potential. We have the potential to do great things for the Lord. Like, let that sit in. Like, wow. I have the potential to do great things for the Lord. And how? How would I do that? Well, I'm going to tell you about it. Okay, but I do have one more. I have one question. Have you ever been disappointed? Have you ever disappointed someone because that person thought you had more potential to do something, that you were capable of better things? I have. It was uh, my teacher, actually. That was my junior year. 
as my English teacher. Her name was Miss, Miss Dietrich. I still can't spell her name. But uh, I was really good in English. And it was my junior year. And then I really tried in that class because I liked her. And uh, not like that, but just because was, she was pretty cool. She's like 50-something. But it's okay. Uh, <laughs> made him laugh. Uh, keyboard does not help okay <laughs> so miss Dietrich uh, she would tell me she man she really tried to get me an AP English for my senior year I was like no I don't want to do that I was a really good writer still am I think I don't know um, she kept and then she grabbed four teachers with her when I was walking the class just to grab me and then they all questioned me why I was not doing AP English, math, which was like calculus. I'm like, I don't even want to do calculus. I don't even know. I don't even know how to spell calculus for that either. And then, which was why I didn't do AP English. <laughs> and then it was another subject. I don't remember. And I'm like, ah. they're like, why aren't you doing it? I'm like, Gosh, I really want to lay low senior year. I got a job. I don't want to, I don't want to try harder than I really want to. I'm like, wow disappointment no that's not what they said they said okay well I can't really make you because I'm a teacher I'm not your parent and my parents didn't know either so it's okay uh so I believe that God so that like she was disappointed she knew I had better potential she knew that I could if I did AP English that I might get better scholarships I might do something better with my life and God uses everything. So even though I took a regular English, he's still using me. So it's not like everything's thrown away. But she had a, like a vision in her mind, like, okay, if he does AP English, he'll, he'll excel in life. He'll, make, he'll challenge him, and he'll know what hard work is. And I believe that same almost disappointment, whenever I don't meet that criteria, that, that potential, that expectation to meet capability-wise, what she thought I could, is the same thing that God does. He said, I, well, I put, I believe that God wants us to be at our fullest potential, but he, he wouldn't stop at just wanting us. He would give us a way to do that. And he did, like, long story short, the Holy Spirit, and that's what it's going to be on the entire message, is the Holy Spirit. So, if you don't like the Holy Spirit, He loves you. So, if you're into all that, but so I was like, man, what what can I even speak of the Holy Spirit? You can make a whole year series about the Holy Spirit, but since I only have about 20 minutes, and probably won't even last that long, so it's okay. Uh, I want to give you two main ways you can live at your fullest potential. potential? Your fullest potential. And that's through the Holy Spirit. But the first step in order to do that, really the first, first step, is whenever Pastor Brady's like, hey guys, if you haven't received Jesus, if, you, if you're not a son or a daughter, please do so. So that's the first, first step. So I'm acting like all of you are Christians in here which you could be, 
I have no problem with that. That'd be awesome. We're all going to heaven. So, first step, making someone laugh. The first step is to have a private relationship with God. Okay, focus. I need to focus. Is to have a private relationship with God, which that relationship produces our position and identity. I'm going to read it again for you because I need it. The first step in in order to live at your fullest potential is to have a private relationship with God and that relationship produces our position and identity. So when you're thinking about that, you're like, position and what? Like, am I going to be a manager somewhere? No. The position is that you are a son of God, that you, like, you know how they say Jesus is a son of God? Well, he made us kings, like he's a king of kings and everything like that. In order for Jesus to be a king of kings, he needs kings to rule over. So you are royalty. Your identity is royalty. You were made to be a queen. You're made to be a king. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. But in order for you to understand that you're royalty, you need to need to know who the king is. You need to know who God is. And I hear a lot of people are like, who's like, you see all the time, like on the history channel, they're like, who is God? Is it possible that God came down? No. But if you want to understand how God works, go in your room, your prayer closet, your car, your bathroom. I don't care. Take a shower and sing. That's what you do. Play some worship music and talk to God. Talk with God. Speak with him. You know, it, it, we always say, talk to God. And I was just, I, I actually just said the same thing. The, the goal and the purpose is to have dialogue with him. Not, not for it to be a monologue, which means only one person is speaking. But through the Holy Spirit, there's two. Old, Old Testament, it was audible voice from the Lord. Samuel, wake up or something like that. But today, we have every single one of you is capable of having the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's capable. Your potential to have the Holy Spirit is great. Limitless power, knowledge, wisdom, love, self-control. There's fruits of the Spirit. I can name them all, but I'm not going to do it right now because I don't remember. It's a comedy show. So if you want to be closer to God, go talk to Him. Go talk with Him. Ask Him to talk to you and then I remember when I worked at Chick-fil-A oh my gosh God talks to me they thought I was crazy like my gosh no he speaks to me like no he really does and I had that was when I was writing like journals and journals of what I felt God was speaking to me on like no he really did and there was an atheist I was talking to that worked at Chick-fil-A that was weird You get where you, I mean, you go wherever you need to go to get money, I guess. But that was when the Holy Spirit was speaking to me every day, and I would journal it. And I wish he did, he did that. I mean, he still does. It's just, I'm not listening. But the thing is, is that if I didn't have a private relationship with God, 
with the Holy Spirit, then I wouldn't have been able to tell the person that God speaks to me because I, I couldn't hear him. So maybe if you're not hearing God, it's because you're not talking to him either. Like, like if Michaela and I were playing the silent treatment, like the only way I'm going to be able to hear from her is if I speak to her. Like I might be, have to be the first one that says something. Like God can go over over bounds and be like, "You're gonna you're gonna start talking to me now." But the usual circumstances, you'd be like, "Okay, God, speak to me, open my ears." And that's whenever the Holy Spirit starts going through your dumb mind and starts getting to your spirit. And uh, so, a private relationship with God produces your position and identity case in point with an example is David in the Bible King David uh, I was like man I'm, finally I'm not going to have anything with David I'm like man it, it works with it so I'm going to take it okay so he would tend sheep and speak with the Lord while he did it play his harp sing to the Lord when nobody was there private relationship and he crushed he killed bears and lions whenever they would go after the sheep but fast forward keep that in mind fast forward to and that, that probably was his identity was wow like for everybody else his reputation what they know him as he's like man he's killed the lion and the bear like he tend the sheep, come, come. Like you want a job? You can, you can watch my sheep. That's probably what was his identity. While his brothers were away on, in the army. I really love the keyboard, but my mind went that way. Fast forward to whenever David's with Goliath, and he's like, he's going there, and he's, he's going to see his brothers. You, you hear Goliath smack talking asking the Israelites to catch me outside I just just thought of that David goes to battle sees the big dude talking smack and he's like who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the armies of the living God David at this point was like my age or a little bit younger probably nobody knows they just say he's like five years old and like it keeps getting younger but killing a 12 foot tall guy but the thing is guys is that whenever finally like he, he killed Goliath cut off his head took his sword and everything like that but whenever they approached him when Saul approached him and they said what makes you think that you can you can kill this guy for the Israelites and he's like my age a little bit younger He's like, well, I killed a lion, killed a bear. But the end result says in, I think it's 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 37. It says that the Lord delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. So that statement showed complete dependency on the Lord. Like it wasn't by my skill that I killed the lion and I killed the bear. It wasn't by some... I'm, I'm tough. I killed the lion, broke his jaw. I, I don't know. 
I would probably do that if I, like, God knows that I wasn't playing the harp in the, in the fields the entire time, so I probably would have took the credit myself. But he showed that his identity came from the field, that the entire time the Lord was with him whenever he was fighting the lion and he was fighting the bear, and then finally whenever he killed Goliath, that his identity was found in the field, worshiping. He was a worshiper before he became a warrior. That's what God wants each of you to be, is to someone to worship him before you try to go out and fight. Because worshiping is war. Worshiping, worshiping equips you to war. It matures you because you realize, oh, so this isn't all it's cracked up to be. And whenever you're worshiping, God matures you. Like you worship in good times and bad times. So whenever you go out to war, you know who God is. So uh, you don't have to clap. It's okay. First Samuel 16, 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. Sweet. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. David's known as a man after God's own heart. It's because he found God in the fields. Private relationship with God produces what is it? Position and identity. In order for him to become a king, he first had to be a shepherd in the fields, worshiping his creator. In order for you to somehow have the fullest potential you have to go out about life, become the best son, daughter, girlfriend, boyfriend, student, worker, whatever you want to be, the Holy Spirit is the best way for you to be the best person you can be resembling Christ. He helps you, convicts you, gives you accountability when you need it, and empowers you. So, um, I'll go to the second way. I have the first way is a private relationship. The second way is to get closer to God or being your full potential is, to, is being familiar to the Holy Spirit, which, it, which that produces deeper encounters. read it again second way to get closer to God is being familiar to Holy Spirit which produces deeper encounters why is being familiar important give you an example I went house sitting some like four or five dogs and then they were really mean they were the worst and it was it was only because they didn't know me it was a good week. Like, the family was out for the week. I'm like, okay, how am I going to get this dog to like me in order for it to get its medicine so it can live and so it can eat? The first night, it didn't eat at all. Like, it stayed behind the couch hiding from me, and I slept at the house. So, like, I, I checked at 2 in the morning, and I look, and it's still just staring, and I put the food right in front of it. It wasn't touched. Okay, he thinks I'm poisoning him. Two days go by, still the same way, runs from me. Later, later that week, finally let me touch him. 
like his name was Halo. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. I still don't. I'm like, hey, Halo. Like I'm like stretched out like this because if I'd go right to it and run away. So in order for me to feed the dog, for it to live, so when the family comes home to pay me, (laughs) I want the dog to be alive. And that required it to be familiar to me in order for it to eat and live and survive. It required the dog to be familiar to me. And that's the only way for, like, I can do all I can. I can throw treats. Didn't work. Didn't work at all. It's like, you poison them too. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. Eventually, the dog started being familiar to me so it can eat, take its medicine. And same with Michaela. It liked her before, like me. But I have another story with Pastor Brady whenever he first started. I'd, uh, I'd play pranks. Like, I'd do pranks that nobody would know. I'd, like, sit where, like, Elijah's sitting. And he would be preaching and nobody would know. And I... And then finally, when somebody would look or, like, he would try to draw attention this way, like, like just totally do that do that whenever we're talking with people and he still I still haven't met with him he doesn't know my personality at all like it's funny like I did that just to make him like freak out like we're talking with like four different people and I'm and I'm like laughing joking around finally when like everybody's not looking at me and he's looking at me I'm like someone looks I'm like yeah finally after a a good amount of time he became familiar to my humor and that I mean that that builds a relationship in itself when you make somebody laugh but in order in order for you to get familiar with his presence the Holy Spirit it requires you to realize why he was sent here and I want to look at some verses too Isaiah 64 verse 1 says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. Mark 1, verse 10. I'm going through them fast. It's okay. I'm going to go back to them. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, this is whenever he was getting baptized, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descended on him like a dove. Matthew 27, 51 says, At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And then it keeps going further on. I want you all to know that rend, in Isaiah 64, verse 1, says, oh, that you would rend the heavens. Mark 1, verse 10 says, he saw heaven being torn open. And then Matthew 27, 51, when the veil was torn whenever he died, the temple was torn in two, so the veil. That's the same word used in each one. Rend is violently rip open. To where you can never mend it is what it means so whenever jesus was baptized heaven was torn open and the spirit descended on him like a dove that means that it was never heaven was always open from then that point on from his baptism that's why i like word studies but it's interesting in john 132 not only was heaven torn open but it says then John gave this testimony I don't know if it's the same one right here I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him 
that remain is the same word as abide, which is the same word that Pastor Brody gave earlier, which is actually pretty awesome because we're talking about it. John 15, 7 is the same chapter from the vine and the branches. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Jesus was the perfect representation of how to live and be led by the Spirit. So the Spirit remained on him. So he lived his life with the Holy Spirit inside of him. And I can prove that too, so it's okay. The Holy Spirit obviously completes the Trinity. But God the Father sent Jesus to the world as God's Word in flesh. It says John 1, 1, 5, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, that Jesus was the Word. Who only does the will of the Father. He said, I only see what my Father sees, I only do what my, my Father wants me to do. So you have that. So he, he sent from God, he only does the will of the Father, only, only what he sees. But whenever he speaks, word and flesh, remember, when he speaks, it says in John 6, 63, the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. When he speaks, he speaks through the Holy Spirit. And if he's supposed to be the representation of the whole uh, representation for us to be led by the Spirit, we follow Jesus. So it's semantics, really. To follow Jesus is to be led by the Spirit, which is to hear God's voice. Also, another thing, I love word studies again, Shema. It means to listen or hear. Also means other, other ways. But whenever in the Old Testament, I think it's in Deuteronomy or something like that, when it says, hear, O Israel, what it really means is to listen, to take attention to. So not only sound waves entering your ear, but listen to take attention to and respond, to obey. There's, there's no two other words for listen and obey besides Shema. So not only is it like it says, you have ears, but you do not hear. Hear is Shema. You do not obey. So if you want to hear God's voice, you have to recognize that he made a way for that. And then you have to respond to that. Shema. You have to take attention to and respond or obey. So whenever it says, um, can y'all stand up? So in Mark 1, verses 10, whenever it said that it descended on him like a dove, I always wondered why it was a dove, but it, it pointed me back. Can you turn off the lights, please? Thank you. Pay attention, guys. So it pointed me back to a story in the Old Testament of the dove, of why it descended and, and why it remained. I don't know if y'all know the story of Noah, but whenever it flooded and they were in the ark, finally after all the flooding, Noah sent out a raven and it kept coming back. So he sent out a dove and it couldn't find land until it came back. 
He sent it out again, and it came back with an olive branch. Send it out again, and it never came back. It, it found its home. And I, I, like to, I like this parallel, is that the dove found its home, and it remained there. It remained there. Just like the dove found its home whenever heaven was torn open and the dove came down and remained on Jesus. And it remained in the world. When Jesus was ro- rose again, the Holy Spirit came, tongues of fire, and remained. People like to think that the Holy Spirit, the, the, the gifts and the acts of the Holy Spirit ceased after the disciples and the apostles and all that. I don't believe that at all because I witnessed it. I experienced it. The dove needs its home. The Holy Spirit wants to be inside of you. For you to act out your full potential, you need to realize your identity and you really need to realize that the Holy Spirit's there for you. It's a gift for you. I mean, there's no consequences besides you living right. And I just, I keep getting the word Shema again. Like the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and he's saying, hear me. So you need to listen and respond. You can either say, no, I don't want him. I don't, that's your life. I try to respond every day and say, speak to me, Holy Spirit. I need, I need, like even before this, I was like, man, I don't even know what I'm going to say. I have the words and I don't even know what I'm saying. But I guess the next step is for you to realize that identity is to be soaked in his presence. For you to be at your fullest potential is for you to be soaked in his presence well enough that everyone around knows that there's something different about you. And through that identity, which I believe from the first get-go was through the cross. And I believe that the cross was meant to reveal your value as a son and a daughter and I believe that the Holy Spirit specifically spoke through, the, through Jesus whenever he said, it is finished. I believe that had some prophetic anointing that said that, you know, chains break when the Holy Spirit is in the room. Like lives are changed when the Holy Spirit is in the room and the Holy Spirit is in you. It, you don't even have to be here and chains would break off of you. You could be in your prayer closet and a breakthrough would happen. I don't care if you're in the room or not. We can do this outside. Everyone likes it. The Holy Spirit is in the room. The Holy Spirit is in each of you. And that's what we feel. It saturates you. And then it just, it flows out. Permeates the room. And if you don't know what that feels like, it's amazing. God wants each and every single one of you to have that feeling. So please close your eyes. God, I ask for you to keep coming down in this room. Permeate the room. I want each of them to feel your presence. 
I don't believe that only Christians feel your presence because as your spirit will be poured out on all flesh. So whenever we feel your spirit, lives are changed. Can I have leaders come up, please? So whenever I'm speaking about the Holy Spirit, it's obviously a good tool, it's good, it's good equipment, but it's a person. He wants to be with you, abide in you, remain on you, so that next time you hit a plateau where maybe you go through a hard time, He's with you. You don't have to call a leader. You don't you won't have to call a parent. You won't have to call somebody because you have infinite knowledge and wisdom and comfort right at your call. Cuz you say, "Hear me, God. Shima. Listen. Respond to me, Lord." And he responds. He's good about that. So I'm, I'm, I'm about to wrap up, but I want, we all need a new infilling of the Holy Spirit. You can do that in your room. You can say, I want more of you, God. You can do that here. That's why the altar is open. But if you need more of the Holy Spirit, if you never had, you don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. If you haven't even asked Jesus into your life, to commit yourself to him, I'd like for you to come up. And if you want more of, I need more of the Holy Spirit. So I'd be running up here. So if you need more of the Holy Spirit, I'd ask you to come out right now so that you can get more of him. So that whenever you go about your daily life, you're like, I feel the presence of the Lord. And it's because of the first way, a private relationship, second way is being familiar with it and he's in the room so you can come up right now and I'm going to pray out thank you Lord God I ask whenever we close out that people come up and they realize that they need the Holy Spirit they need an infilling they need to be fulfilled I pray for each and every single one of these people in the room that they realize their potential and their fullness comes from you. God, I ask for all that in your name. I pray that they have a safe travel back. I thank you that I was able to deliver the message. I thank you for each and every single one of them. God, you love them and I love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you.